You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Ask Drone You. In this week's new show, well, we've got our good friend, Mr. Haya Costello from Drone DJ. Haya, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Hey, Paul, very well. Uh, a bit rainy here in New York today on Halloween, which is a bit of a bummer, to be honest, but otherwise, I'm doing great. Well, once again, the East Coast disappoints on weather, and frankly, it's not shocking. That being said, it's a beautiful day out here in the Southwest. The winds are kicking if you live in Arizona or California or Nevada, but here in beautiful New Mexico, it is bright and sunny. Even though it's only 45 degrees, the blast from the sun really feels good. But Haya, I have to say this is one of the best days in the industry that I have had in probably the last five years. Uh, and why is that, Paul? Well, because I think everything is finally coming to fruition. The things that we have been talking about for the last, uh, for this whole year are really coming together right now. And also after having my hands on the Skydio 2 and we just launched our review video of that, holy cow, holy cow, and the way that we fly is going to change. The way that we teach people how to fly is going to change. The way that the industry regulates is going to change, Hyatt because now we have a drone that doesn't just compete with every other drone manufacturer, it leapfrogs them. So I'm excited to talk about that today in a lot of different pieces of drone news. But before we get into that and the Mavic Mini and how drones are saving lives and talking about Uber and their new drone program, let's get right into the most pressing piece of news, which actually did come out just yesterday, which is the fact that it looks like the Department of the Interior is taking the Chinese ban even further than expected. In this next piece of drone news, Haya. What do you have? Yeah, the uh, U.S. Interior Department is grounding all drones in their own fleets that either are made in China or contain parts that are made in China, which when you think about it, probably includes every drone, but for sure it affects uh, all the DJI drones that they have in their fleets. And based on a report that stems from 2018, the Interior Department owns, or at that time, owned 531 drones. It doesn't say exactly how many of those drones were DJI drones, but we know that it's probably close to 90, if not over 90% of their drones. And these are now to be grounded. Now, luckily, it does not affect the drones that are used in emergency situations. So to fight wildfires, for instance, or in search and rescue uh, operations, it only affects the drones that are being used for geological surveys and, for instance, wildlife studies. So at least that's a little bit of a bright point. But at the same time, uh, the fact that all these drones are now grounded is uh, must be a big headache uh, for DJI for sure. And just to give you an illustration, like I said, they had, uh, in 2018, the Department of the Interior had 531 drones. They completed at that point more than 10,000 drone flights in 42 states and territories. And that department is probably one of the federal departments that has the biggest fleet of drones and the most widespread use of drones. And there was a spokesperson who, according to the New York Times, a spokesperson for the Chinese Foreign Ministry, and his name is Zhang Swang, if I pronounce it correctly, I probably don't. 
um, who said that this is very much a Cold War mentality and that he's calling on Washington to provide a fair, equitable and non-discriminatory environment for Chinese companies to conduct normal business activities in the United States. Now, of course, this story is much bigger than just GGI. The telecommunications company Huawei is uh, also very much affected in the ongoing trade war between the US and China. So we'll have to see what's going to happen here. DJI, of course, has already said that, hey, if you don't want your data to be shared or to be uh, moved online in any way, then there are ways to do that. You are in charge of your own data on your own drone. You can make sure that it stays on your SD cards. For the government, they even uh, created a special government edition to make that even a safer environment for sensitive data. They also proposed, that was even more recently, to start assembling DJI drones right here in the United States just to kind of appease to the U.S. government. However, it doesn't seem that it's helping very much as, of course, a couple of years ago, it started with the U.S. Army not using uh, drones from DJI anymore. Uh, then the uh, Homeland Security issued a warning to companies that uh, Chinese-made drones might send sensitive data back to China. And now, of course, this is the latest with the uh, U.S. Interior Department uh, grounding uh, their fleet of Chinese drones. So it's definitely stormy waters for DJI right now. Unbelievably stormy waters for DJI. But it's not just DJI. If I understand this, this also covers parts from Chinese yeah. manufacturers, which is a whole lot more than just... Chinese drones. Um, now, this is very interesting. It seems like this uh, this is kind of a response to an additional bill on top of the Drone Security Act that was just launched this week to try to inhibit anyone. If, and, and I may not have this correct, uh, which particular agency. I want to say it was DOD. But anyone who's utilizing Chinese-made drones on a federal level would not be able to. Now, this is separate from the Drone Security Act, which would cover, you know, all federal agencies and anyone who utilizes federal grants. But it seems kind of like a knee-jerk reaction from the Department of Interior. And as you said, Haya, this is one of the biggest departments in the United States utilizing drones. And I don't think a lot of people understand as to why. DOI controls purchasing for many different federal agencies, things like National Park Service and many other agencies as well. So this really does encompass a huge group of pilots. Now that being said, as DJI launches their newest drone, what effect is that going to have on the launch? Which brings up our next piece of drone news. And, and all these three stories, everyone, really go together. So just so you know, we may riff back and forth together on these stories and just understand that everything really fits together in this macro story of what's going on in the trade war as a whole. But Haya, it looks like DJI has finally launched their newest drone, which kind of pokes the bear. As uh, Drone Girl said on Twitter, is this the ultimate trolling? Hmm. Yeah, DJI launched their DJI Mavic Mini earlier this week. And of course, uh, people who've been following our new shows and also readers of Drone DJ knew that this one was coming. I think it was early August that we first reported on uh, photos that had been leaked uh, that showed already a pre-production model of the DJI Mavic Mini. On Monday this week, I was invited to come to a DJI event in Brooklyn, New York, where they officially launched this new drone. Um, for the bigger drone launches, like the DJI Mavic Air and the DJI Mavic 2 last year, they had much, much bigger events. And it seems that DJI is changing their marketing strategy a little bit. Uh, this was a much smaller event. I guess it kind of matches with the uh, the product that they were launching, uh, their smallest 
and lightest Mavic drone to date. The main feature of the DJI Mavic Mini really is its weight. It comes in at 249 grams, and the FAA rules say that any drone over 250 grams needs to be registered uh, with the FAA. This drone is slightly below the threshold, which means that for recreational flyers here in the United States, you do not have to register this drone with the FAA. However, if you fly this drone commercially in the United States, you will have to register this drone still. The advantage for people flying in the US might not seem as big as they are for pilots in some of the other countries, most notably uh, Canada. If you fly this drone in uh, Canada, you don't have to register at all. You don't have to take the country safety test. You can just go ahead and fly this drone. And of course, that's nice for Americans traveling to Canada as well. They can just take this drone along and start flying right there. And that brings us to the next good point. Um, since it's a Mavic drone, the DJI Mavic Mini has foldable legs. So you can actually fold it up. It's super lightweight and it becomes a very, very small package. And this makes it an ideal drone to take with you on any travels. It's relatively affordable, I guess, at $399 for the drone, $499 with the Fly More combo. And the only downside, the, the biggest downside really is that it's limited to 2.7K video capabilities so a lot of people were hoping for 4k video uh, the initial rumors also indicated it was going to be 4k however the drone has been limited to 2.7k it has a one over two thirds sensor and it shoots 12 megapixel stills now to get this drone to be so small and so lightweight, DJI had to strip it of all the bells and whistles. So don't expect any OcuSync, uh, don't expect any obstacle avoidance sensors. They're not there, uh, you're on your own. The only two sensors that are included in this drone are mounted underneath the drone to help it hover stably uh, in indoor environments and also help you to position land it. It has GPS receiving capability. So things like geofencing um, are definitely uh, active on this drone. Also, if you're flying anywhere near an event, like what we were doing at Balloon Fiesta a couple of weeks ago, or let's say in the area of an airport, if they have DJI Aeroscope installed, they will be able to spot your DJI Mavic Mini. So just that because it's such a small and lightweight drone doesn't mean that you're in the clear. You still have to fly safely and responsibly like you should anyway. But this drone is really no exception there. Other than that, I had a chance to fly it on Monday. And like I said, it flies really well. It has a Wi-Fi connection, so you don't get the range and the uh, solid connection that you get with a Mavic 2. It's really, really quiet. The propeller blades are super thin. They're almost similar to the uh, Parrot Anafi. And when you fly it, yeah, it's, it's a very small, tiny drone. Um, it doesn't have the same speed and agility that we had with the DJI Spark. That thing really zipped around. This drone is not as fast. The blades are smaller. The uh, motors are less powerful. Luckily, there is a sports mode on the app. You don't have the switches like you have on the controller with the Mavic, where you can just flick between position and sports and cinematic. Uh, you have to go into the menu uh, in the app itself. And that brings me to the next point. DJI launched a new app. So you're not using DJI Go 4, but instead you're using a new DJI Fly app, which is a much simplified app, uh, fewer options, fewer menu structures, which is good and bad in a way. I mean, it's easier to find your way, especially when you're new to flying drones. However, on the flip side, you, yeah, you, they don't give you all the options. So there's no panorama photo option. There's no option to shoot raw photos, for instance. So you're somewhat limited on that hand. 
However, going back to uh, the whole purpose of this drone, if you're new to drone flying, you want to get into drone flying, or you're looking for the ultimate drone that you can take with you on any adventure travel, then I think at this price, 0.399, the DJI Mavic Mini is uh, super interesting. And I think, yeah, uh, DJI kind of knocked it out of the park with this, uh, this small drone. Well, let me ask you a question. What type of stills are you getting out of this camera? What type of dynamic range, how many steps of dynamic range? Because it is a one over two thirds sensor, correct? Yeah, um, I've only flown it for like 10, 15 minutes, took a few photos and some short video material. Uh, haven't really been able to uh, to dive in deeper. Um, the photos are definitely sharpened and it has decent dynamic range. There's not a lot of room to play around with it because you don't have the actual raw file. So you're kind of limited in that sense. I think also the whole purpose of this drone is to cater to new people into the drone world and not so much the more seasoned people. So they stripped out a lot of the bells and whistles, not just on the drone, but also in the app. And for instance, uh, yeah, getting raw photos is one of the things that you're not going to get with this drone. Uh, that's really interesting, Haya. Um, also, one particular point that I really want to bring up, I think is extremely important to bring up. And actually, let me uh, bring on my legal aid here on the show to discuss this. But one thing that's really troubling me, in the forums, we're seeing a lot of misinformation about the Mavic Mini. A lot of people are saying at 249 grams that you do not have to register this drone. But with all the accessories that were added, like the light and other things that you can add on to it, even the prop cage, now you're over 250 grams because the FAA defines weight as everything needed in order for takeoff. So whatever you have on that drone upon takeoff, that weight, if you're over 249 grams and you take off and the drone is actually, let's say, 254 grams, if you get in trouble with the FAA, one of the sticky points, one of the enforcement points that we've been seeing in all of our data is about registration. So it's actually a really easy way to ding pilots on a very simple, no BS, hey, your drone wasn't registered. Now here's the other thing. When it comes to utilizing this drone commercially, whether it's 249 grams or not, you still have to register the drone if it's being used for commercial purposes. I think what a lot of people are missing, and even some of the admins and like some of the in like the legal group miss this, and I'm starting to question uh, the, these these people's credibility. But a lot of people are missing over 14 CFR 91.203 and 14 CFR 47.31, which require registration for commercial operators regardless of weight. So I think a lot of people are missing that. Also, Haya, I asked the question to you and I asked the question really to the industry is that what message or, or what is the goal with putting out a drone, at least in the United States, that really confuses people in whether they should register that drone or not? How is that going to affect our enforcement? How is that going to affect the industry as a whole? What's going to happen here? Well, that's a good point, because uh, if you don't have to register your drone with the FAA, that means that you're probably also not going to go to the FAA website. And that kind of um, takes away the whole opportunity to educate new drone pilots. So they might not even be aware of all the guidelines and regulations when it comes to safe and responsible drone flying. And also, um, as we already found out when you and I were interviewing people in New York, the whole land system is probably something that they'll never ever have heard of and are very unlikely to use. So yes, it's great that DJI came out with this 249 gram drone. It's awesome that it flies for 30 minutes. Uh, it's, I think it's the longest flight time for any consumer DJI drone. However, 
like you're saying, it does also create confusion and it is likely to um, get consumer drone pilots in a situation where they will even know less about the drone rules. And that's, uh, that's a concerning or a worrisome situation for sure. Speaking of worrisome situation, I mean, I really think that you have this uh, locked down uh, to a T because we just recently had a FOIA request uh, come back to us. And that FOIA request was something that uh, was quite surprising to say the least because we did a couple things here. We want to know how many people are really utilizing the Lance system for recreational Mm -hmm. operators. So what we did, and if my phone will essentially let me view it, what we did is we asked these questions to the FAA in a FOIA, uh, in a FOIA, you know, and in section 44809 or the uh, recreational Lance authorizations, 15,722 Lance authorizations have been approved since the inception of the Lance system this summer. Uh, There have been zero that have been denied, which makes sense since it's kind of an uh, autonomous system. But when it comes to Mm -hmm. even um, Part 107 authorizations that have been approved since the inception through September 30th, 2019, only 132,046 authorizations have been approved. 2,485 have been denied. But it's interesting because when you look at how many Part 107 operators there are, and you look at where those operators live in conjunction to the airspace, and you think to yourself, 132,000 Lance authorizations is really not a lot in comparison to how many pilots there are. That means there's less than one authorization in a year and a half per pilot. As someone who's had five authorizations in the last week, I find this really, really hard uh, to come to terms with. So I don't think that the Mavic Mini is really going to benefit at least the the industry as a whole uh, when it's creating confusion about registration and operations and inhibiting people's ability to learn about how to fly. In addition to that, without any obstacle avoidance, I think we're going to see a large number of potential accidents with this, which brings me to the next piece of drone news, which is we finally got our hands on the Skydio 2. And for this entire industry, Haya, there has been something that has always happened, which is pretty much every competitor to DJI has been some sort of copycat or uh, the drone operates in a very similar way. It's not really um, quite different. Well, after flying the Skydio for about six hours on Monday this week and reaching and, and working with the Skydio team, I have to say that I think DJI has been leapfrogged. I think that there's no longer um, DJI who competes with DJI. It's now going to be who competes with Skydio because this drone is oh, yeah. fundamentally different. I mean, I literally had the drone surrounded by obstacles and just press the stick forward just to see what would happen and the drone completely navigated through every obstacle literally flying through bushes and trees to fly home when i flew it home uh, from one particular follow me mission i mean literally the drone flew through the power lines to get home and it did it twice it didn't just do it once it wasn't a fluke thing happened multiple times and you now have a drone that's literally building a point cloud of the environment that it's flying in in real time. I mean, this is an unbelievable leapfrog. Leap oh, yeah. We're and talking about. Dr- Go ahead. 
I was going to say that, and it does so with six 4K cameras. So where the DJI Mavic Mini doesn't give you any 4K footage, this drone uses six 4K cameras just to build that virtual cloud point around itself. And then you still have the regular camera to take all your video and photos. Which, by the way, the regular camera was incredible. Uh, 12 or 13 stops of dynamic range produce photos that honestly I wasn't expecting out of that drone. And I'm really excited about the future of this drone, Haya, because here's the thing. We're no longer flying GPS-dependent drones. Every drone you've ever seen is GPS-dependent. You let off the sticks and it hovers, but everyone knows it doesn't hover quite in place. There's always a little bit of motion. Well, now we don't need GPS anymore. We don't need to worry about flying in uh, areas of magnetic interference. And look, when a police officer or a firefighter or uh, a National Park Service or a National Forest Service has missing hikers in an area that's really hilly, you know, we're so used to drones mapping the area to search those photos. We're used to drones flying over to provide a live view. But you know what? The live view doesn't cover where most people hide. It's a human lost behavior reaction to try to find cover, even if you're, if you're lost, uh, even if you're, you know, suicidal, frankly. Typically, you're looking for cover. Most drones are not able to look beneath the cover. Every drone has always stopped at looking at the tree canopy. Well, now we can fly into the trees, below the trees, into the ravines. And here's the thing. If the drone loses connection, right, you would be afraid of a typical drone, which would just elevate up and out of that area. And you'd be worried about hitting a branch and then having to go retrieve the drone and not only the person. But now we're talking about drones that make their own decisions to navigate through these environments. And I mean, literally, I have been blown away. I, I, you know, people talk about game changer. I hate that term. This is an industry changer. This is a code switch. It's going to fundamentally change the way that you think about flying. Can you pull up some of that uh, footage that you guys shot during the review, just to give people who watch this show some ideas of, of or an idea of how well this drone flew inside the building that you showed and how it flies around you? Um, I mean. By the way, credits for this review. I know you paid for it in blood. It was uh, fun to watch and very educational as well. Yeah, I literally <laughs> did pay for it in blood. And yes, uh, we're you know we've been showing it this this time this whole time. It's a phenomenal uh, review video. I wish I could have been a little bit more succinct and kind of showed people more about the sticks because I mean I'm just sitting there with the remote, not even looking at the drone, kind of going like this to see yeah. what happens. But you know what, Haya? This is going to force the, the FAA. This is going to force the federal government to redefine what is navigable airspace. Because this drone can fly in places you have never considered flying before. And you know what? It's not going to take an experienced pilot like me or you to do it. It's going to take, you know, my uh, secretary's five-year-old daughter to sit there and play on the sticks and she'll be just fine. Oh, yeah. So it's a whole different situation with a drone like this that flies itself. And I mean, back when I had the uh, Skydio R1, uh, I was already very, very impressed with how well this drone flew itself. And the Skydio R1 doesn't even come close to the to the Skydio 2 and the specs and its ability to uh, to fly indoors and avoid obstacles. It's uh, it's unreal. And I think like you've been saying that especially for first responders and for for uh, operators in emergency situations, this drone is going to is going to allow them to do so much more. I think for consumers, when you get the Skydio 2, the um, 
safety bubble, if you will, around the drone. I think it goes out three feet on either side of the drone so in three dimensions. Uh, however, that can be dialed back to half that. So let's say a little bit more than a foot around uh, all sides of the drone. Meaning that if you are a first responder, a fireman, or you're part of a SWAT team or something, you need to be able to fly a drone into a building. You should be able to go through windows, open windows, obviously, and open doorways as well. So yeah, it, it, um, it takes everything to a whole new level for sure. It really does. It really does. Which, you know what, it brings us into our next piece of drone news, which is the fact that, look, these tools, they can be used for good and they can be used for bad. And yet we have another, yet another use case of drones saving a life. Haya, what do you have in this next epic piece of drone news? A hiker and his dog that got lost in the marshes and swamplands in Arne Prior, Canada. Hope I say that correctly. He got lost, contacted the um, local police department, and they sent in uh, a search and rescue party, basically, and also a drone. And even though it doesn't specify exactly what drone was used, uh, I later came across the actual video footage of this search and rescue party. And I, I think it's pretty safe to say it most likely was a DJI Mavic 2 Enterprise Jewel based on the resolution that you see uh, from the um, thermal imaging in the video. The hiker was he was disorientated, couldn't find his way back basically to uh, to where he started and ventured into this uh, yeah, swampy area. Um, was rescued they used the drone in multiple ways one to find the hiker and his dog but then secondly they lit up the beacon on the drone and used that as a beacon to send the search and rescue party to the right spot and find uh, the lost hiker so it shows you how a drone can be super useful in many different ways uh, like you said we've seen so many stories already where drones played a crucial role in, in, in locating and finding missing people the only thing i can wish for really is uh, let's get more drones into the hands of more first responders just to make sure that we can help and save more people's lives i could not agree more my friend i could not agree more um it's phenomenal how drones are saving lives and, and, you know, you just said that every first responder should have some sort of drone. I really think that, you know, while the Mavic 2 Enterprise Dual is a phenomenal tool and the thermal camera really does help, I think that everyone should have a Skydio in their toolbox. Even watching this video right here because, I mean, again, just imagine being able to fly in lower, more confined, tight spaces. Go ahead. I know that you uh, recently spoke with people from Skydio. I mean, how long is it going to take for them to come out with a Skydio 2 thermal? You know what? I would say with a high degree of confidence that I think this is something that uh, should be expected from Skydio in the future. Not sure if we're going to see it or not, but I would not be surprised if we did see something along those lines in the future as everyone understands just how important that dual camera feature is and having the capability to do thermal. But I will say, I think we're just seeing the, the, the precipice of Skydio. This is their first vehicle. And if, again, if you watch my review, and thank you for mentioning that, um, well, you, you hear from Skydio about how they're a lot like Tesla. You know, you're not going to have to really buy all brand new drones to get new features from these new drones. Rather, you'll just get the new features over the air in the software. I mean, we're now talking about a true platform. And I think that Skydio is really understanding uh, to that. 
and I would expect really great things to come from them in the future. So that being said, uh, I'm really, really excited about that. But moving on into our next piece of drone news, Haya, looks like Uber Eats is about to take one over on Grubhub and DoorDash. What's going on there? Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, the Wall Street Journal probably about a week ago now had an article about uh, drone or deliveries by drone, if I want to say it really correctly. And they mentioned companies like uh, like Amazon, for instance, and Wing Aviation. And both of those have showed really advanced drone technologies. And then they compared it with what Uber was doing. And at that time in that article, uh, it was said that Uber was using a quadcopter and it wasn't able to fly as fast, nor was it able to fly as far. And sure enough, two or three days later, uh, this news comes out where Uber is showcasing a completely new drone design, looks way more advanced. I mean, you kind of have to be careful with these uh, these conceptual drawings because you, I mean, they look so realistically um, that it seems like these drones are already in existence, but a lot of times they really aren't and they still need to be made and developed and all the little things need to be ironed out first. But just looking at the design, it's a drone that has six propellers and is able to take off and land vertically. So meaning that it can pretty much land in every situation. And then once it gains enough altitude and speed, it's going to fly in a more horizontal way, which, of course, is very beneficial because it extends the range and it also uh, makes the drone go a lot faster. However, in this case, this drone can take one meal for two people. I'm not quite sure what that means, if that's two meals or just one bigger meal, but the capacity apparently is somewhat limited. So if you're with a party of four or six, then you're not gonna be able to get all your food delivered by one single drone. It flies up to 18 miles, but if it is out for a food delivery and it's gonna land presumably on top of the uh, Uber Eats driver's vehicle, and then the package is taken out and the drone has to fly back, then it's only limited to flying 12 miles. So it doesn't have some crazy range. Uber also doesn't envision this drone to make the delivery right to the end consumer. They use the Uber Eats driver as the middleman to basically unload the drone and then make the final steps to uh, to the delivery address. It's a lot more advanced design. Uber has already been testing in San Diego uh, this year with uh, McDonald's and Uber now says that they expect this drone to go airborne still this year and that the real food deliveries to actual customers in the San Diego market are expected to take place early summer 2020. So it's not that far out anymore. Um, It's getting really exciting because, of course, we've seen articles or news from UPS working with uh, CVS. We have seen articles from FedEx working with Walgreens and Wing Aviation. You have Amazon, now you have Uber as well. So there's a lot of stuff happening in the uh, drone delivery industry. And yeah, I think it's super exciting and we'll stay on top of this news and let you guys know what's the latest. Very exciting, very exciting. Again, the evolution of our economy continues to happen. Hi, I have to say this is one of the most exciting weeks um, that I have seen in the in in this industry in quite some time i would totally agree and uh, one of the exciting things is um finding out when we are going to receive our skydio 2 drones we can actually fly them a lot and kind of get to know these new drones and see what they actually can and cannot do i mean i crashed the uh, original r1 i'm not looking forward to doing that with the skydio 2 but i am dying to uh, to get my hands on it and uh, take it out and see what it's actually capable of i could not agree more my friend i could not agree more But anyway, well, that is going to do it for our news show today. Uh, I know there's a lot more coming down the pipe as we, you know, get closer and closer to the holiday season. But Haya, let me ask you, 
Mavic Mini or Skydio 2? Even if you offered me two Mavic Minis or one Skydio 2, we kind of gets, gets us to the same price point. I think I would opt for the Skydio 2. I just have so many ideas of how I can use that drone. Uh, that's first on my list. Then when I start traveling, I probably would take a, a Mavic Mini with me as well. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting that you say, you know, when you start traveling, you would take the Mavic Mini. I always have a Mavic 2 Pro in my backpack because I just love, yeah. love, 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 you know, the, the, the portability of it. And I love the camera quality. It's the camera quality that talks to me with that drone over any other drone. The best drone for video is the Inspire 2. The best drone for photo is the Mavic 2 Pro. The best drone for search and rescue confined spaces, active tracking, active sports, family shooting is the Skydio 2. I totally agree. So run with it. <laughs> awesome. On that bombshell, that is going to do it for us today. Haya, thank you so much for joining me on this week's news show. My pleasure as always. And I'm looking forward to next week and see what interesting stories we, uh, we can discuss at that point in time. So thank you again. Couldn't agree more, my friend. Well, you have a great day. And look forward to speaking with you again. That's going to do it for us today, everyone. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and let us know what you thought about this show. Also, don't forget to go on YouTube and check out our Skydio 2 review. It's called Mavic Mini Who? Meet Skydio 2. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks again for joining me, Haya. Thank you again for joining us as well. My name is Paul. This is Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.